Hello and welcome back to Tachikawa. My name is Matthew Boynton. I'm here with Daniel Bellamy. Daniel, we've had some really great guests on this podcast, haven't we? Man, great. Really top of the line podcast. Absolutely top-notch guests. But our guest today, I'm going to say, is the, the best guest we've ever had on this podcast. Possibly the best guest that has ever been on a podcast. Because he brought you a pie. He brought me a pie. Yeah, that's... Uh... I just want to say this to anybody who's listening who has been on this podcast, where the hell is my pie? You are, you are plummeting down the rankings. Plummeting down. And they were already low. Forget what I said about them being top-notch. That was a lie. We were sans pie in yeah. all of those recordings. So thank you very much for being here, and very thank you very much for bringing the pie. Welcome to the podcast, Seth. Hello there. I'm, I'm Seth. Coming all the way from Ohio. Ohio gozaimasu. No, Ohio gozaimasu. We're already putting that one out there. Wait, is it the morning right now? Somewhere. Yeah. When people listen to this, everyone gets their hands on this as soon as possible, and we put it out in the morning, so... There is that saying, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I guess it could be 5 a.m. somewhere. That's true. It's the new saying. It's generally, yeah, what I say when I start drinking, it's 5 a.m. somewhere. What do you think uh, the most common activities people are doing when they're listening to this podcast? Working out? Despairing. Despairing. Their choices in life that have brought them to this moment. Struggling to find the remote. To this, this, is, this is the <laughs> finest entertainment they give. Trying to get out of bed yeah. and get to the speaker. Um, all of these things. All, all, of, all of the above. Um, Seth, you're not just here as a bearer of pies, though, are you? You are also a, a brewer visiting Japan, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Uh, my friends and I, we, we started a brewery in Ohio. Uh, in February of 2021. Can you tell us a little bit about your brewery? Uh, sure, just a little bit. Uh, and then if you want to know more, certainly you can ask me more. Um, hey, you brought pie, so you can tell yeah. us as much as you, you like. Uh, well, uh, we first started out just my, my friend and I home brewing in, in uh, my garage and taste testing a lot of different kinds of beers and our recipes that we we're making. And uh, there was one point where I looked over to my friend and said, hey, let's, let's start a brewery. And uh, we went from there. And it was neat because the community that we were in, uh, we found really supported us and wanted something like that. And so we found a spot. And uh, we were really thankful for all that helped us to get it set up. And it's, it's been going really well despite all the other challenges that, that we've seen. Let's go back to basics. What sure. is the name of your brewery? Oh, hey, yes. Uh, the name is Old Capital Brewing. Nice. And we've actually taken uh, a brewery logo and a brewery that, that did exist in my hometown of Chillicothe, Ohio, and we revitalized that. Mm. So it was a brewery that existed in the late 30s, early 40s in, in Ohio, and we took inspiration from that. We wanted people in our little town to see that there were great things that happened in Ohio and um, that it was something to be proud of. Mm. It's, it's old capital because Chillicothe used to be the capital of Ohio. Is that correct? That's correct. It was the first and third capital. First and third capital. Yeah. So, so good. They tried it twice and then, and then moved on to somewhere else. Correct. Yeah. 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 As a fellow... Uh, old boy of Ohio. Are you familiar with the Wadsworth Balloon Festival? Honestly, I am actually not familiar with this. 
If you were to go out uh, in your garden in Ohio and spread a white blanket on the floor, what do you think would happen? I would see balloons. Yeah. And uh, if one of the balloons kind of came down from the sky, these hot air balloons, they, they came down and landed on this white blanket and gestured for you to get into the basket, what would you do? I'll hop right in. Let's You'd see hop right the in. world. Hop right yeah. In. yeah, of course. Let's go. This Why is the, uh, the can-do American spirit that I yeah. admire so much. Yeah. Small town Ohio. You know, do anything to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, so there's the, the, the Balloon Festival and also the Blue Strike Festival. Blue Tip Match. Blue Festival, Tip Match yeah. Festival. Those Blue, are the Blue two. Blue Tip Parade. This must be where you're from, Daniel. Yeah, this is, this is hot, hot Wadsworth uh, talk going on now. Hot Wadsworth talk. That's the new podcast we're starting right now. Welcome to Hot Wads hot with Matt <laughs> and Dan. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Are you, where is Wadsworth in relation to Chillicote, Chillicothe? Chillicothe. Uh, Wadsworth is northeastern Ohio. Okay. Uh, Chillicothe is south central. It's, it's the uh, stench from the south, as they call it in Columbus. Okay. So the, there's maybe a, a bit of a regional rivalry going on here. No wonder you're not familiar with the balloon festival. You would be the ones shooting their balloons down. You and I have been friends for a long time, yep. Matthew Boynton. Uh, you, well, by friends. this point, I would assume that you know a lot about Ohio. Yep. Uh, what What's Ohio famous for? It's the Buckeye State. Okay, good. Yep. Yep. Is that it? Uh, it's uh, a bellwether state as well. It tends to vote the correct way or the the way that correct the way, Ameri- but yes, they the, the, the way that the winner, the, the winner is gonna yeah. gonna be. Yep. Or you mean recently the the right way? The yes. Oh. Well done. Oh, satirical. Ooh, yeah. um, it's uh, it's sort of halfway between the East Coast and the Midwest, so it, it has a bit of a flavor of both. It's a bit north. It's a bit south. It's kind of in the middle. You just no, you're making shit up now. <laughs> uh, it's home to the Blue Tip Match Festival. Yeah. Now, now you're talking. Uh, complete this sentence. Ohio is the birthplace of Abraham Lincoln. Ooh. No. You started out with the right letter there. Let's ask Seth. Ohio is the birthplace of aviation. Aviation, that's right. It's on the license plate. The Wright brothers. The Wright brothers are from Ohio. Right. Where did they actually build the airplanes? I think they built it in Ohio. Yeah, Yeah. in Dayton. Yeah. So at Dayton University, called the Flyers. Okay. Yeah. What else can you tell me about Ohio? Sorry. What else should I know about Ohio? Uh, More presidents have been from Ohio. Than Quite any a few other astronauts yeah. as well. A lot of astronauts. Mm. Again, lots Nothing of people. Else to do except lots look of people at the stars. want to get out of Ohio. Right. As in any way possible. Let's move into Washington. Spaceship, go into space. Yeah, on the moon. Actually, as far away. How as far can we yeah. go? Yeah. Uh, what else? What other good things do we know about Ohio? Ohio oh. has uh, the most Hall of Fames, halls of fame, uh, of any other state. You mean just for different sports and stuff? Not or? even for sports. Members. The Accounting Hall of Fame is in Ohio. Well, if, uh, should have known that. If you're big into it, yeah. Who's hot, your hot for the Who's your favorite member of the Accounting Hall of Fame? Probably Steve. Yeah. Not Mavis Beacon. <laughs> you know that a Mavis, name you just came up you with? You're a Mavis Beacon fan? I don't, I don't know who that is. She taught me how to do touch typing, so I'm assuming she was also into accounting. Yeah, probably. We, we appear to have drifted somewhat from the subject, which is... You know some things about Ohio, though. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's the Buckeye State. Yeah. That's about That's it. That's enough, really. Yeah. Um, they have a basketball team. Yeah. yeah Don't sure. forget the football team. They, they play football in Ohio, really? Well, yeah. What's yeah. the football team called? Oh, the Buckeyes. 
The Buckeyes. That That's the Ohio like State a, team. That's yeah. an American yeah. football team, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Okay. There's six professional sports teams in a while of the major sports. Can you name any of them? Uh, the Buckeyes? No, professional. That's college, yeah. Um, the Ohio Basketballers? No. The Ohio Ice Hockey. I'm sure you know some of these. Uh, the Columbus Crew. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. That's Soccer correct. That is a team. Are they still around? They, they are. They certainly are. They built, I think they're something? working on building a new uh, stadium. That's good to hear. Yeah. They're popular in Columbus. And that's it. Okay. What are your major sports? Great. Crickets, uh, rugby, and football. Two football teams. Two best. Uh, sorry. Two football teams. Two. Uh, two the Cavaliers. Teams, one basketball team. The Cavaliers. Yeah, that's your you team. That. That's yeah. It, yeah. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Indians. The Reds. The Bengals. Uh, the Bengals. Columbus Blue Jackets, a hockey team in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Are you a Cincinnati fan? Southern Ohio guy? Uh, my father grew up in Cleveland, so uh, I'm a Browns fan. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, not for you, but good. Right, yeah, we exactly. share the same misery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, anyway, what are we here to do? We're here to discuss Ohio's Sporting Hall of Fame. Oh, good. Then why did you interrupt me? And also to celebrate beer. Yes. We are here to celebrate beer. Um, every week we pick one or two beers from the menu, we drink them, and we talk about them a little bit. Sometimes with guests. Sometimes with guests who bring pie. Although, rarely. Rarely. Yeah. Uh, what is the beer that we're going to be drinking and celebrating this week? This week we're going to drink Toasted Breakfast Porter uh, from Tall Boys Brewing in Nagoya. Yes, our first time to have any beer from uh, this particular brewery on the podcast. Yep. What is a breakfast porter? Uh, a breakfast porter or a breakfast stout is a stout or porter that's made with uh, a few kind of breakfasty ingredients, generally oats, flaked oats, or uh, sometimes they have a bit of chocolate in them or coffee. Mm. Coffee and, uh, and flaked oats, I think, are kind of breakfasty things. I think uh, this is a style that was pioneered by founders. Maybe am I right in saying that? Uh, and, and they made theirs with coffee and with flaked oats, mm. oatmeal, porridge, as we might call it in the UK, classic breakfast ingredients. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a beer that you do drink at breakfast, but beers that contain some breakfast ingredients. Although we're not here to judge. If you want to have a beer for breakfast, if you want to start your way, start your day in a Dan Bellamy way, then uh, that's absolutely mm. up to you. Any stout can be a breakfast stout. If you're brave enough. Yeah. Anyway, let's dive into the beer. All right, welcome back. Now, can you two tell me what are the major sporting teams from Birmingham in the United Kingdom? Uh, the Birmingham Jets? No. The Birmingham... Are they called the Birmingham somethings? No. Uh, so it's not like Birmingham FC. Uh, that's Stoke. That's closer. Stoke is not in Birmingham. It's a different city. How about uh, the Knights? No. Damn. How about the Days? No. That was uh, Knights with a K. Maybe. Yeah, it was Days with a K as well. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, Manly. Yeah, there we go. Manly. <laughs> Manly FC. You got it. Nailed it. What is it in Birmingham? Aston Villa, uh, one of the football teams. Oh, really? Birmingham City FC, the other one. What I said is, is it start with Birmingham something? You said, does it? Is it the Birmingham something? And it's not. It's not the Birmingham uh, City. It's Birmingham City FC. 
uh, and the Birmingham Bears uh, and Warwickshire. The, I'm sorry, the Birmingham Bears and uh, Warwickshire. The Birmingham Bears and Birmingham, Warwickshire. Birmingham Bears. They're, they're kind of a, a sub team, but Warwickshire would be the main cricket team there. Right. So well done, great work all around. Mm. Now, why do we drink some beer? Uh, toasted breakfast porter from mm. Tall Boys yep. Brewing. What do you make of this beer? I definitely get a load of coffee in it for sure. Uh, right up front, the coffee is there. Mm. And I think you can also tell that it's a porter. It doesn't have that kind of thickness of mouthfeel or the like a real lasting character that a stout has. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. It's quite kind of clean and almost a dry lagery finish. Uh, but you can tell that there's, like to me anyway, there's not as many layers to it as a, as a porter, lower alcohol, 6.2% than you than you find with like a richer, more complex, higher alcohol stout. Yeah, it's quite dry, mm. isn't it? <clears throat> and there's definitely some some roasty bitterness mm. in there. I could see this going well with something sweet. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a breakfast thing. Like if you're having your breakfast donut, which is what I assume you Americans eat for breakfast. Dude, you, uh, you just won though, come on. Uh, breakfast donuts. Yeah. Your breakfast, uh, what do you call it when you put uh, a hamburger between uh, two Krispy Kreme donuts? Breakfast. That's what you call it. A heart attack, maybe? Uh, when you eat one of those, um, I, I could see that pairing quite well with this kind of uh, drier, more bitter uh, dark beer. Mm. What do you make of it, Seth? I like that the flavor still lingers on my tongue. It may not be as heavy as a normal uh, or darker stout, uh, but the flavor does does still kind of mm. sit on my tongue nicely. I like it a lot. You do get you do get a load of everything up front, and then it kind of uh, you get a dry finish. But yeah, the aroma kind of lingers for mm. a bit on you. Yep. Yeah, definitely getting a lot of coffee and dark chocolate and roasty malts mm. from this one. Yep. very nice. I do like a dark beer, especially for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a really good dark beer. Tall Boys Brewing in Nagoya. I like Nagoya. I used to spend a bit of time there for business. It's it's that kind of uh, like that nice size city where it's big enough to have all of the things you want, but small enough that it's not super crowded. It's easy to get around. It's easy to sort of cycle around. Uh, you know, if if you live in Tokyo, when you go to any of the other kind of big cities that are not as absolutely rammed with people as Tokyo is, it's always kind of a nice change. Also, home of Sekai no Yamachan. Right, so always, yes, always right. worth a trip for that. Are you sure. familiar with this chain? So I am not. No. Chicken wings. Do you want to describe what Sekai no Yamachan is? So it's it's tebasaki. So they're kind of seasoned or spiced chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a menu of other stuff. But you know, if if you go to Yamachan, there's always some weirdo in your group that will order like a fried rice or something. You should cease being friends with Miso them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in Yamachan, you order the wings, you, and you order them by the plate, which is five wings. So you just say, right, you look at how many people are there and you make a guess and you order five plates and they bring it to you, not five plates, but one plate with just a mountain of 25 wings on it. Uh, and it's like an old timey saloon spittoon to put the, uh, the to bones. put the bones yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, It's really great. So uh, after, you know, three or four rounds of, you know, 25 chicken wings, because it's never it's not one plate per person. Right, no, it's, it's four yeah. to five plates per person. After four or five rounds of getting in the chicken wings, this spittoon looks like uh, an explosion at an abattoir. It is, it's <laughs> appalling. But the chicken is is absolutely delicious, isn't it? Yeah. And if you can uh, master, they have written on the the chopstick packet the technique for how to 
pull off all the meat in one go. You know, you kind of snap the wing in half and then just suck it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you do? Yeah, it's absolutely what, the what you do uh, when you're at Sekano Yamachan. That's that's the way to get the most meat in your mouth. Yeah, sucking you, off a chicken. You got to suck it off. Um, speaking of food, <laughs> and, <laughs> I can't hold it together after that. Speaking of food and uh, and enjoying uh, fine dining, yeah. sucking meat off. Um, <laughs> Together, whilst whilst drinking a beer, perhaps a miso, a red miso beer. It's the beer they have famously at. Uh, well, they have Shiga Kogan there, don't they? Shiga Kogan as well. Shiga Kogan's quite nice. An excellent pairing. Hmm. Speaking of pairings, when we whenever we drink a beer on this show, we also like to pair it with something. So I'm going to roll this dice, and that's going to choose one of eight options for us to pair this Tall Boys Toasted Breakfast Porter with. The eight options are: number one, food or cuisine; number two, TV or movies. Number three, music. Number four, video game. Number five, location. Number six, activity. Number seven, drinking companion. And number eight, wild card. Dan, what were the last two that we chose? God, I can't remember. Two weeks ago was movies, wasn't it? Because I said my cousin Vinny. Yep. What was last week? Mm, what was it? Do you remember? No, uh, Of course I remember. I'm asking <laughs> you. What was the beer we drank last week? Oh, God, I don't, I don't know. Last week we drank Sharpshooter from Anglo-Japanese Brewing. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice. We can't remember what we picked at all in the last two weeks, so we, we can't discount those two options. Imagine if there was a way to like, I don't know, I don't know what the phrase would be, but uh, to coin a phrase, make a note mm. uh, and then refer back to it. Imagine if there were a way to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there isn't, so. That might involve. Well, whatever. That might involve you listening to a podcast. So yeah. we both know that's it's not going to happen. happen. Yeah. Anyway, let's roll the dice and find out what we're going to be pairing this week. Number two. TV or movies? We had it two weeks ago. That much I know. Okay, well, we're doing it again. Okay. Uh, if, Seth, if you were to be relaxing on your beanbag chair uh, in front of the flat screen whilst drinking a nice glass of toasted breakfast porter, what TV show or movie would you like to be watching? Honestly, I might go with uh, The Goonies. Okay. Interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Why The Goonies? That I'm not too sure of. <laughs> Just seems like, drink this. You know, the Goonies, it happens in, in the Pacific Northwest. It's quite rainy and gloomy, right? The story of... Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, there we go. Uh, so maybe, nice maybe this feels like a bit of a mm-hmm. kind of rainy day beer. Mm. When, you're, when, really you're, when you're a child, it feels like you're in the dark a lot of the time, doesn't it? Um, the adults are always doing things uh, around you and you never really understand why it is. It's the same in the Goonies, right? We don't really know why they're having to go on this adventure. You don't really understand what's going on. Why are these property developers mm. going to demolish my parents' house? But that's very much the feeling of a child. You're in the dark, just like this dark, dark beer that we're drinking. It's good. Um, nice save there. Thank do you. they Thank also you. make toast? <laughs> I have a feeling that they were making toast when they're sitting in the kitchen. Sure, why not? When Chunk is uh, squirting the cream directly into his mouth. Good choice. Dan, how about <laughs> yeah. you? I would like to drink this beer while watching uh, Half-Baked. Okay. In the morning, specifically. Right. Uh, Half-Baked is a great film. Um, and this... What about? I, I mean, it's about a bunch of potheads, right? One guy goes to jail and they're trying to get him out of jail. Uh but it's a classic kind of stoner film. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I would like to watch it again. And I have a feeling that this toasted breakfast porter, that the name might 
allude to uh, being toasted, uh, being in a state of, uh, under the influence of narcotic substances. Why do you assume that? Well, you know, toasted, being toasted, that's what that means. Or it could just mean that the, the malt was toasted. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's the great part about this, right? Things oh, can have two meanings. So ambiguous. Yeah. It could also, that, that meaning, you could be reading from the toast character they have on the label as well. That looks high. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention it. Toasty. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, there's Toasty on the, uh, on, the, on the label, and he is absolutely... He either has some serious eye problems, mm. or he's stoned. He has gingivitis. Right, <laughs> the gingivitis of the eyeball. Uh, anyway, I'd like to watch this in the morning. So I want it to be a day where I have nothing to do. Okay. So I'm, I'm getting up like, you know what? Hey, I need this. Screw it. I'm going to have a beer in the morning. I'm going to put on Half-Baked, and I'm going to drink this toasted breakfast porter and watch Half-Baked in the morning in my pajamas. Need more details? I said gingivitis. I meant myxomatosis. Uh, anyway, I think the people knew what I meant. Sure. Yeah. Those are two completely different diseases. Yes. Um, I would like you to describe the outfit you'll be wearing whilst you're sitting in your beanbag chair. So I slumped in your beanbag chair watching Half-Baked and pounding a few uh, pints of this quite strong beer. I'm going to sip it slowly, but uh, I, I think I want to wear, I don't have these, but I want to wear like actual, like proper pajamas, like button up the front kind of thing, like a matching kind of pants and shirt type dealie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, your, your classic pajamas, uh, perhaps striped with uh, buttons up the front and a drawstring around yeah. them, uh, the kind of thing that uh, Wallace and Gromit might, might yes. wear. And a sleeping cap. Because okay. this hair is unruly. Do you wear a sleeping cap normally? No. So but the hair is unruly. You're going to have to acquire one then. I don't uh, have the pa- pajamas either. I already... You're going to have to acquire the whole set. Yeah. Yeah, I have um, none of this. That's why. That, this is this is a place for flights of fancy. That's what, um, that's what the fantasy is all about. Seth, would you like to join Dan in his uh, morning of debauchery? We can watch Goonies uh, next, man. I would be right along with there yeah. with him and... Just make it a marathon day. Eating our donut burgers. Yeah. You know, America Day. Got nothing else to do for the day. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Why not totally lean into that? Um, I'm assuming you're both sitting on kind of Elvis style toilet thrones as well. <laughs> <laughs> that way we don't have to move. You know, now, now you made out the whole day. The, the most American of chairs. What's your pairing? What are you going to, TV or movie? Uh, I would like to drink this beer whilst watching a marathon of The Great British Bake Off. Okay. I've never actually watched it. It seems a bit twee. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take the whole getting baked thing into a more uh, pure and innocent uh, direction. Um, so the the movie Half Baked could be sort of a, a, a biopic about a failed great british bake-off contestant mm. who uh who, who failed on the tv show but then you know had to go through some some low points in their life and eventually got through to i don't know some kind of redux as i say i've never seen the show right. i don't know how it works right. it's probably but i was able to come back for the season finale and wow the judges with, with with toast with some pot brownies or something it's gonna work yes with some toast hey it's one of those things where it's a cake that looks like something else. So it's a cake that looks like uh, it's right. just a piece of buttered toast, but you cut yeah. into it. It's actually a delicious cake. But it tastes like toast. But also cake. Yes. And 
breakfast porter right. at the same and time. And it's got weed in it. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'd watch that. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my pitch. Hollywood, I know you're listening. Um, Tom Cruise, I know you're a big fan of the show. I think you would be excellent as Paul Hollywood. To be fair, a show in which, that is a baking show, but people are making pot-laced things just called, like, Get Baked or something like that. Like, it's a cooking competition show. It's Great British Bake Off, but you're baking with weed. Mm. Uh, and maybe you're paired up with a dispensary or a, or a what, I don't know what they're called, a, a weed farm, a grow yard. I don't know what you call them. Yep. Uh, but you're paired up with one of them. So they, you have to craft the recipe for what you're making and they have to like between, they recommend like a, a strain, a strain. Yeah. And you, you have to, you're going to need a uh, celebrity is a judge. judges. Yes. I was going to say, we need celebrity judges. Snoop and Martha Stewart. Yeah. That's, that's two of your panel. Who's the third member of your uh, panel? Who's the other one? Willie Nelson. Yep. That guy, he's probably got some time on his hands. Looks like he needs a good meal as well. Yeah, so you give it to them and they they eat it and they, you know, see what it does. What do you think, Seth? Are you going to commission this TV show? Uh... (laughs) I'm assuming you have the power to do that. That's why we invited you in here today. Well, certainly, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, if someone has a dream, let's make it happen. And you also, you you baked a pie for for this podcast. I did not infuse it with anything. Okay, good to get that one out in the open. That sound you hear is the screeching of a handbrake turn as we move seamlessly into the next segment of the show, where we're going to talk to Seth a little bit and actually allow him to speak on the podcast briefly uh, about uh, your brewery and what that's been like, right? You have been around for about a year and a half now. When did you start your brewery? We started in uh, February of 2021, so yeah, right around a year and a half at this point. Um, We've obviously run into a lot of trials and tribulations as we were opening up. Uh, one of the big things being that we had invested a lot of money and then the pandemic came along and put a lot of things in jeopardy. Um, that being said, we, we were steadfast in our ways and kept construction going. We didn't have to worry about having people in inside of our space. Um, and quite naturally, uh, construction ended right along the time we were allowed to actually have people in our place. So mm-hmm. it, it worked out really well for us. So since you've been open, you haven't gone through any times where you were under like restricted occupancy or not not able to have people in? You so while skipped we, all that? While we were opening, um, a lot of the challenges we dealt with were masking requirements and uh, folks that were attending and maybe weren't so happy about the masking requirements. And, right. Um, we just explained uh, what our policy was, and uh, if they were that unhappy, which only happened once or twice, then they weren't allowed in. Mm. Um, and that's that's the way it had to be at that point in time. Do you, do you mind me asking what the masking policy was? Like in Japan, there has never been an official masking mandate. Everyone kind of does it, and we're supposed to ask customers to wear a mask when they come in here, but there isn't actually any rule. So the There's masking no policy uh, when we first opened was that when you walked in, uh, if you were up walking around, you had to have a mask on. Mm. If you were sitting down and enjoying your drink, then you obviously need to take your mask off. Mm. Okay. But if you were to get up again to go to the restroom or walk around amongst the room, you had to put your mask back on. And so if somebody is walking down the street without a mask on and they open the door to come in, 
the the choice is hey you need to put a mask on or you can't come in yes is there another brewery in Chillicothe? There is, actually. Uh, well, at the time when you opened, there was another one? Just before us. Okay. Uh, I believe in, in January or December of the, the previous mm-hmm. year, um, a, a larger brewery opened. Uh, they're called 50 West. Mm-hmm. This is their first satellite location. They're actually centered within, or, or their home base is within Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm. All right. Um, and so this is one of their first satellite locations. Home of the Cincinnati Bengals, Very I good. Believe. Well done. Nice. And 50, uh, 50 West is uh, the name of the road, one of the roads that runs through our town. And their uh, theme or idea is that they will expand along that road because it mm-hmm. runs from the West Coast to the East Coast. I was hoping there wouldn't be one. And then if people didn't want to put a mask on, you could be like, oh, why don't you go to the other brewery in town? Oh, wait, you schmuck. Yeah. Put your mask on. But you, they can go to the other brewery. So they certainly can. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. So you said that you opened in February 2021, but um, we opened in March 2020. But we actually started the process of getting everything together in like September mm. 2019. So there was a good five, six month run up between starting the company, filing the paperwork, or you know, starting to think about filing the paperwork and actually opening the doors. What was it like for you? How long was that preparatory, preparatory uh, bit? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that I've <laughs> finished my glass of breakfast water. Feeling yeah. toasted. Oh yeah. Me, me too. Here, I uh, feel a little bit toasted. Uh, we started about the same time. I think September 2019 is when we really started thinking about: Is this a real thing? Um, and it was between myself and two other guys that did a lot of the planning. And we had full-time jobs at the time, so a lot of that time was spent in the evenings working out details, and uh, I think we really got serious probably, I want to say in January of 2020. Um, right. So that's before the pandemic could really kick off. Then. Mm, it, was, right. it was making news, but it wasn't really clear at that point just how bad it was going to get and we had just signed contracts in like late january of 2020 and maybe early february we started construction in here in january 2020 right so by the time it got around to march that's when things were really kicking off at least in japan it it was too late to to reconsider Mm -hmm. at that point um i'm interested to know like how difficult it is just from a regulatory point of view to start a brewery in America. Because certainly in Japan, there are a lot of hoops that you need to jump through. And it can be very difficult um, because there's there's the dilemma that you need to have money to start a brewery, but a lot of banks won't lend you money until you have a license. But the tax office is not prepared to consider giving you a license unless you have the money to start a brewery. So that's something that trips up a lot of uh, potential breweries, potential craft breweries in Japan, startups. Um, what, what is it like in America? Is it a similarly fraught system? I think it's very similar. Um, we were lucky enough to not have to deal with necessarily the banks. So for us, it was more of a chicken and egg situation. Whereas with you, there was an, a third step. I'm not sure what that might be mm. uh, with the classic uh, uh, situation. Someone's got to suck off the chicken. I guess maybe. Got to snap it in half. Yeah. Get that meat off the bone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just don't be afraid to get in there. Right, right. Uh, but no, yeah. 
Sorry, I'm going to take a minute to recover. I may have distracted you. Just throw these things out there and then look at you and expect you to just carry on as normal. So I'm glad. It's nice to see someone else on the receiving end of this. Anyway, you had financing, so that was not that was not an issue for you guys. Uh, we we were able to get funding from family members, but also a, a very uh, helpful friend in, in Chillicothe. Um, and with that, uh, we didn't have to worry so much about proving ourselves to the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to prove ourselves to family members and friends. Um, so in that situation. Uh, there were a lot of steps along the way, and I think the most challenging thing was there wasn't one central location that had all of the steps in order for us. You right. have to work with many different organizations uh, to get your food food safety license, to get your uh, liquor license. Uh, there's a variety of different people you work with, and there's no one place that has it organized. Right. That's the we, that's the same in Japan, right? Bouncing around to different government right. offices for different licenses and getting different forms. And, and you get to a certain point, and you you think you have everything, and then you present it, and they say you need this one thing. Oh, it's from that other organization. Right, and none of the organizations prepared to talk to each other at no, all. You no. have to be the go-between in all Correct. of these. Um, my impression with the craft beer scene in America, and I might be wrong about this, but my impression is that it's pretty well established now. So the market is, if not saturated, it's, it's on, on the way to being that. Like I would say, I, I have read that about 30% of the beer sold in America is craft beer these days. So if you want to start up, you either have to find a small town where there isn't an established craft brewery, or you have to do something very different that is going to make you stand out from the crowd. Whereas in Japan, it's, of course, there is a lot of good craft beer, but it's less well-established here. So it can be enough to just be a good craft brewery. You don't have to have uh, something different about you. I, I'm not going to say a gimmick, but I think you know what I mean, right? It's, it's not something as cheap as that, but you don't have to do something completely different like being the Sours guys or being the Imperial Stout guys. You can just make good local beer and that's enough. Would you say that's, is that accurate? You know, based I, on your impression of craft, craft beer in Japan and America so far? Yeah, I think I can validate uh, your research there. Uh, it's, it's been that, that situation for us. You know, we in a small town have, have really boomed and uh, a part of our opening up was uh, making sure we had the right kind of education in place for people that were coming into our establishment. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people that came in asked us immediately, Where's the Mick Ultra? Where's mm. the Bud Light? Right. And so we had to be ready and point to the beers that they might like. Um, so and you had to be beer making beer. those beers, right? You had to make sure you had accessible stuff on tap. Certainly. And, and, and the challenge there is that those are the lager style beers, which, as you know, take a little bit longer to make. Mm. So you have to plan that well. Yeah, we do occasionally get customers who come in here and just say, yeah, I'll take a beer. Two beers, please. Or sometimes, yeah, two highballs, please. Um, and it can be challenging to sort of deal with that, especially if you're busy and say, well, no, there are, there are eight different kinds of beer here. I guess what you're ordering is one of these habanero spiced stouts. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we did with that, uh, at least intentionally with our offerings, was having a flight of beers. Right. Um, and that, that was a really helpful thing. Right. Uh, and the phrase went really well, too, with uh, customers that we'd say, would you like a flight and a pint? has a nice kind of rhyme to mm. it. Um, that is good. Maybe we should do that. Write that down. Pint. 
if only there were a way to take a note. Again, that, that phrase I coined earlier. Let me, uh, let me write that there one down. There seems to be a pad of paper right over there. I'm going to write that down. Flight and a pint. And that's great. Let's go. call that taking a note. Yep. You are, so they're, they're one of two breweries in your small town or one of two kind of craft beer outlets in your small town. What is it that, that draws people to your space? Like obviously you got good beer, you have reasonable prices. What, what is it that says, all right, I'm going to go to Old Capital? I think there's a few things. Um, one, our bartenders are very personable. Um, they, they love talking with folks, and we've, we've developed a, a following, so to speak. Mm. Uh, folks come in on a regular basis. Uh, they will come in to, to meet with certain bartenders just because they want to talk to them. Mm. Um, one of the other aspects of our place is that the atmosphere is, is kind of a low-key, low-lighting, very uh we've we've had people come in and say that this could be like new york style Mm. uh bar tap room Um, so it's a little bit a little bit elevated uh tap room compared to what else you might find in my small town of chillicothe you have a very nice space you're in like a historic building isn't that right that's correct yeah it's great i've seen pictures of it on your social media it looks really nice yeah Mm. um there used to be a uh oh gosh what would that be called basically a brick wall that we exposed um, and sealed that really well. And we, we tried to highlight some of the aspects that are shown off in that, which would be uh, an old archway that's filled in that used to connect the space to the building next door. Mm. Um, and that history is something that our bartenders know and they share it with everyone that, that comes in that's interested. If they point out the archway, we can be ready to tell them that story. Right. That's cool. It's one of the things that's really missing uh, in Tokyo, I think, because there are essentially no historic buildings here. Buildings don't last in Tokyo. Yeah. This building, I suppose, is almost a historic one, considering it's 40-something years in old. In Tokyo terms, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're never going to find that exposed no. brickwork or the, the 150-year-old building uh, to be able to, to put a craft brewery into. If people do want to know more about your fantastic space or the great beers that you make... Uh, where can they go to find out that kind of information? Well, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Old Capital Brewing. See some nice pictures uh, of the space. See some nice pictures of the beer they make. Mm, and, and the fine people of Ohio. If you are in the area, I recommend dropping by Old Capital Brewing. Um, I'm sure we have many tens of thousands of listeners in the Ohio area. It's, it's our number one listening market, I think, after Japan, outside of Japan. For, weirdly, we, we seem to have more listeners in Taiwan and Germany than we do in the UK. Interesting. Which tells me that my family need to step it up a few notches. Mm. I know that they're listening. That's a draw in, in Taiwan that. and Germany. I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea. But uh, thank you very much for listening, Taiwan and Germany. Yeah. Uh, and thank you very much for listening, everybody around the world. This has been another episode of Sakamichi Nights. I'm Matthew Boynton. That's I'm Daniel Bellamy. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining us, Seth. Stay safe, everyone, and we will see you again next time. Bye.